You're listening to Sports Content Strategy with Mr. Richard Clark. The huge earthquake in 2011 affected the league a lot. We kind of suffering. That was the moment we decided to, you know, build up a strategy for international expansion. The Iniesta joined Fisher Kobe, so they made a, a tour in the US this, this year. I think this kind of thing is very new to the J-League. 40% of spectators are female. It's very unique. Around 50% comes as a family. Hello, Richard here. On Sports Content Strategy this time, I'm speaking to Kai Koyama, who works in international development for the J-League, the Japanese Football League. And this is one of the most interesting leagues out there for me in the way that they've developed and grown since 1993, had issues, had problems, but now they're looking to expand and export their football. So just as clubs from Europe are looking to go to Japan and China and Asia to develop their market, well, the J-League is looking outside looking to interesting countries, doing it in a different way, learning a little bit from the US, learning a little bit from Europe, but also doing things in a very Japanese and Asian way. This is the stuff I wanted to explore. Remember, you can find me, Mr. Richard Clark, on all social media. Sports Content Strategy is out there on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook too. Go to my website to sign on to my newsletter. I'm trying to put that out as often as I can. It tends to be at once every two, three or four weeks. And of course, if you need a consultant in sports, digital or social media, conference speaker, conference moderator, sports, digital journalist, just let me know by mrrichardclark.com forward slash contact. Anyway, let's talk J-League. Let's talk international development, international expansion in Asia and beyond with this man. Okay, so um, my name is Kei Koyama uh, from the J-League, Japanese Professional Football League. Uh, I'm in the international department. I'm looking after the league's international uh, new business de- development. Uh, thank you for speaking to me, Kay. It's, your job is, a lot of it revolves around the internationalization of the J-League. Am I right? Yes, correct. Okay, so what, so what are the ambitions? What's the strategy of the J-League? Because it's one of those leagues... Uh, like the MLS and a little bit later the um, the Chinese Super League and the Indian Super mm-hmm. League that has developed, mm-hmm. got some sort of standing, but now you're looking to grow abroad, right? Actually, the, now the J-League is trying to be kind of Premier League in Asia. So our main focus in Asia, especially in Southeast Asia. Okay, and which uh, particular territories are you looking to develop in? Uh, particularly in Southeast Asia, like Thailand, Indonesia and Vietnam. Those countries are our key market. You say you're the number one league in Asia. By what factors do you measure that? Is it is it competition? Is it revenue gained? What what factors tell you that you're number one? I think the, the number one means in many ways. But since you know the J League is, I think one of the uh, the best league in Asia in terms of the competition level and the, the marketing and revenue. You know, we believe that uh, there is still a huge gap between the European football and Asian football in terms of the level of the football and also the market size. So the daily, I, we believe that the J-League should take initiative and the leadership to develop the Asian football. Uh, so our concept is to grow together with the rest of the country in Asia. And how are you implementing that? What, uh, what tools are you using? What sort of facets are you using? 
since you know we developed this kind of strategy since 2012, we have signed a kind of MOU with the our partner leagues in Asia, especially in Southeast Asia. So by having a partnership, we have been collaborating in many ways. And one of the biggest strategies we have is to bring the top talent from the Southeast Asia, like Thailand, Vietnam, Indonesia. So, you know, by having the Thai players, let's say in the J League, uh, we got more and more attra- attention from the Thai people and also that helping the Thai national team grow. Yeah, that was interesting because I, I read a piece uh, where you're interviewed and one of your big focuses is the Thai league, isn't it? And Thailand in general to be the biggest in Southeast Asia. You obviously got your home market, but the, but the first place you're look, you're looking to expand is Thailand. Is that, is that correct? And if so, why? Yeah, it, it's correct. Thailand is our, let's say the most uh, important partner and the market at the same time. There are various reasons. The, the, the first, the, the economy is growing and uh, the population is still growing a lot of young people there. And second, the football is very popular in Thailand. I think it's one of the football nations in Southeast Asia. And the third, the Thai league or Thai football kind of respect Japanese football and league, the J league. So we kind of a very good relationship. Uh, the league and the football leagues at the same time as the country of Japan. So how's the league helped the clubs import players from Thailand and other countries? Because it's not like it's MLS where it's it's centrally run. The clubs are independent, right? Uh, it's not like MLS. So, of course, the club, always club is the one who made the decision to either sign a player or not. But as a league, we collect all the kind of information regarding the players and uh, Thai clubs, Thai league. And then we can, we are trying to be kind of bridge between the Japanese clubs and the Thai league itself. So sometimes um, we organize kind of the inspection tour for the Japanese clubs and bring them to Thailand to watch the Thai, Thai players, Thai games. Yeah, we're doing those kind of things. Do you have any influence on the overseas players that the, the- more famous overseas players that have come in, the Iniestas, the Podolskis, the Torres, etc. Is that something that you've had any involvement in in the league? Is that is that um, is that entirely the clubs? And of course, what's the benefit of that to the development of the league overall? Um, it's totally different model than from the what I mentioned with the you know let's say Thai player. Or not. It's uh, you know the big investment by the club. But of course, you know, since we have signed a, a huge broadcast deal with Dazorn, um, then, uh, you know, um, the, we get more money so we can distribute more money to the club. So the club can be more flexible in terms of their club management. And the one way is that, uh, bringing such an international Big stars like Iniesta, Torres, and uh, that's helping the league a lot in many ways. Attract more fans, new fans, uh, not only in Japan, but also, you know, uh, international fans as well. I was going to talk about the Dizone League. You mentioned it, so I'll, I'll bring it in now. Um, you're three years into that deal, 
Um, I think I'm right in saying. How, how's it? How's it going from your side? Uh, it's going pretty well. Actually, the the, the drone is not just a uh, you know platform for the JD right now. It's very crucial for us to have kind of partner who has the same vision as we have to develop a league in the long term uh, by having the 10 years deal. So we have been discussing, you know, how we can increase and create more new fans of the J for the Jelly, not only about the you know sub- subscribers or, or the, the the business for the broker. It's very strategic, isn't it? It's very if it fits into your overall plan. And was that the main reason you went with them to just expand on the decision making? I suppose. Yeah. So, like I said, you know, we consider the zone not just a uh, as a broadcast platform, but more like a partner to develop the league together. So, for example, you know, um, you know, this this season we decided to play some some league matches on Friday night, uh, which is kind of new attempt for the league. Um, of course, we have uh, you know the deep discussion among the league and the clubs, also with the Dazon, and uh, you know now. It's, it's been very successful. It's like uh, not just uh, the broadcast partner, but also we tried something new together to you know develop the league and then having more new fans in Japan. Is it a uh, a split deal um, across various broadcasters, or is it entirely on design? Oh uh, no, no. It's uh, we we still have like a free to air partner as well, because in Japan, you know. As you may know, the free to air is still very strong. So, not only by us, but also Dazon also understand that the, you know, the having the free to air is is good good for them as well to promote the J League independent. And this digital asset hub that you started up was very interested in that because that seems that seems a new idea. Um, just explain what the idea is behind that and how it works. The idea is that uh, kind of we cons- consolidate the management system for the, our videos, the photos, the data, such kind of asset by using the cloud. Whereas we have managed, you know, those assets individually before. So it would make it possible for us to provide content more in flexible way based on the requirement from the fans or media, etc., etc. So. We believe that uh, it will help help us gain more, you know, exposure of the JLE in Japan or even in, in international. Yeah, it's a central hub, isn't it, for your for your content? And, and am I right in thinking you're allowing you're allowing broadcasters to do different things with the content, relaxing the rules a little bit, and even even fans are involved, are they, or are they allowed to manipulate the content? Uh, yeah, that, that's the, our plans. To be honest, we haven't, you know, um, confirmed or decided everything yet. But, you know, of course, the, the nowadays trend, trend is technology trend is changing, um, day by day. So, yeah, you're right. The, the concept is there. Yes. Okay. So when does this actually come in and, and, and when do you think it'll be, uh, at full power, as it were? Um, let's say, you know, since the, our international broadcast deal expired end of this season, which is end of this year. So we're going to start next cycle from 2020. 
So maybe we can implement some the functions or new um, attempts from 2020 for the, especially for the international fans or for international broadcasters. Yeah, it's interesting you've done that because I I think of the of the NBA and Instagram yeah. feeds like House of Highlights and things like that 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 have mm-hmm. um, technically been. Uh, I suppose I don't know. I suppose they've been infringing copyright because they wouldn't have had copyright <laughs> the the mm-hmm. um, the uh, permission to use that. But it it's done a very good job of growing the league. So it, it, is it directly learning from the NBAs of this world um, to be a little bit more liberal with the highlights? Um, yeah, of course. The NBA is one of the most advanced leagues in the world, so uh, we're learning from them. But, but not only from NB, but NBA, yeah, but from some other, you know, leagues, football leagues or, well, we can say like the content owners, like the league are like required to pro- provide the content quickly and uh, according to circumstances nowadays. So the, because the fans are developing different needs. So we need to be more flexible and, uh, so that uh, we will be able to adapt to new needs by developing this kind of furoshiki, this time the concept. And you also need the clubs to help you. Presumably you're taking content from them, or at least they're serving you with with something. Um, and so there's almost a need for the clubs to accept that the league is acting on their behalf. And that's, and that's fine when you're Major League Soccer, uh, for example, mm-hmm. and when you're a, you're a, uh, it, it, it's centralized ownership, um, or it's a centralized mm-hmm. league rather, but you're, you're not that, and yet you're relying on the club. So it, it's dependent on a strong relationship between the league and the clubs. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even we central, centralize the lights, let's say the broadcast lights, but of course we are working very hard together with the club. So we letting the club they use the footage uh, as much as possible so that the club can gain more you know the fans and the, the revenue of course the league's been going since what 1992 i believe it is um uh, it, it started in 1993 1993 sorry i stand yes. corrected there obviously was a terrible earthquake in 2011 i think it was how did that affect the development of sport. And I'm thinking about sponsorship here, and that and that's obviously sponsorship dollars crucial for the development of every sport because the economy was affected by the natural disaster. It's a it's a very unusual, of course, tragic thing. Did it did it yeah. put back the development of the J League in any way or sport in general? I suppose. Yeah, of course. The, the you know the huge earthquake in 2011 affected the league a lot. We um, lost a lot of attendance, and also we lost some um, opportunity to gain the revenue. So we kind of suffering. Japan, the economy is still quite stable, but at that time, you know, we are suffering. So we needed to find another market outside of Japan, and at the same time, Asia, especially Southeast Asia, is are growing a lot. So we see a lot of potential there. So that's how we started. You know the, the this kind of the expansion strategy into Asia. What about European tours, clubs coming over, or even even Japanese clubs going to uh, Europe? Is that part of the strategy? Because that's what 
that's how European clubs have uh, have developed themselves internationally. Yes, there's social media and digital media and things like that, but actually playing in a, a key territory is a huge boost. So will you be taking in teams or will you be touring yourself? Yeah, we we kind of doing the, the similar things. We helping the club doing the tour in our key territory, like in Thailand, Indonesia, and Vietnam. And this year, we organized a pre-season tournament together with our partner, Tylee. And then we sent two teams from Japan, and then we organized the matches. Uh, yeah, we're doing those, those kind of things. And apart from that, since, let's say, Iniesta joined, Fisher Kobe, and the Bidovija joined. So... Their focus is not only in Asia. So they made a, a tour in the US this, this year. Um, I think this kind of thing is very new to the J League, you know, to having like a play season tour in the US. But it's, of course, it's good for the league to, you know, to, to promote the league or internationally. What are the most popular European leagues in Japan? I think it's still Premier League. But uh, since more and more players playing the Bundesliga, so Bundesliga could be, you know, another league, popular league in, in Japan. You've got obviously uh, a Rugby World Cup, and you've got uh, an Olympics coming up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what, are you using that? Are you hoping that will be a foundation for you to grow the league even more? Um, yeah, we believe that, uh, you know, those kind of big, uh, you know, global event is, um, kind of good opportunity for us to, you know, approach more and more foreign fans, sports fans coming to Japan. It's not direct, it's not directly linked to the JD, but, uh, we may, you know, utilize this opportunity to promote the league. For not only for Japanese fans, but also for you know international fans in Japan. How does uh, football now, the J League, compare to baseball? Because you know when it started in '93, mm-hmm. baseball was so established post-war. Everyone loved baseball. I've been to a, a baseball game in, in Japan. It's a, <laughs> it's taken extremely seriously. Is it uh, is it chipping away at, at baseball for popularity? I think the baseball is still popular. Almost quite saying that baseball and football are the two biggest sports in Japan. But the things, uh, especially for younger generation, I think the football is getting more and more popular because the number of the kids playing baseball is decreasing dramatically. So I think the, the baseball is also, how to say, the, the concern for the future. As the sports entity in Japan, the J League is is uh, how to say um, we don't see the baseball as a just a rival, but we kind of the friends to promote the sports business, sports industry in Japan. How much is data? I'm talking about CRM data or the data you get from DAZN data in general. How much of that is helping you decide on your strategy and what to do in terms of growing internationally? Since I'm not the one, you know, who directly deal with the zone on this, so I cannot say the detail, but we have the fact that uh, we are having very 
deep conversation almost every day. So it's not a, only about the data, but we have close uh, discussion and not only about the zone, but also for uh, how we can uh, develop the new fan. E-gaming's part of that. You've done the deal with Konami for Pro Evolution, isn't it? Isn't that the league you've done rather than FIFA? Uh, yes, yeah, Pro Evolution. Yeah, it's called Winning Eleven in Japan. Okay, so but what's yeah, yeah. so what's that deal like? Um, actually, we have the deal with EA Sports for console game, and we have the deal with Konami for uh, mobile game. So it's different right strategy okay okay is that how far are you along that because literally the um the e premier league is literally just starting up now we're just Mm -hmm. seeing it on sky are you further down the line now where where these games are being televised or are you are you just building it since we just started last year uh we organized uh, like a kind of competition esports competition together with ea and then this year we're doing with Konami. Actually, to be honest, we haven't had clear idea or have the plan on this yet. But since the esports has a huge potential to grow, yeah, of course we will try our best to you know to export the competition. What's your What's your average J sport uh, J League game like? Because I remember watching them in the early days and. It seemed very organised. The fan groups were very organised, and uh, we we always had pictures of them, be it them swaying in unison and people at the front organising them. Not unusual these days, but at the time it was very unusual. But but who are the big teams? Who are the who? You know, what sort of crowds are they getting? What are the supporters like in the atmosphere like? Um, I think the the. Regarding the attendance, I think the average is around 19,000. The biggest club is still Rawalet, which has, I think, around 35,000 attendance in average. And the, the uniqueness we have is the 40% of spectators are female. It's very unique. So it's very friendly atmosphere in the stadium. So it's safe. So around 50% comes as a family. It's, it's completely different from, you know, the European football culture. Did you say 40, 40% are women? Yeah. Wow. Yes, that, that's 40. a lot. That's a lot. That's yes. a, is that yeah. something you've deliberately done or is that organic? Oh, it's organic. Yeah. Because, because of these such kind of safe atmosphere and it's, not just watching football, but also we provide a variety of food at the stadium so they can enjoy, the fans can enjoy the food or, you know, um, not just for coming for football. And what about the women's game in general? Because obviously the USA won the World Cup, but they beat Japan in the final. Um, mm-hmm. Japan are one of the best teams. Obviously there's a World Cup coming up. Uh, this summer as well, and Japan will fancy their chances, I'm sure. Is there a, a fully functioning women's J League, and 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 how is that growing? If it if it does ex- exist, um, yeah, we have the women's league called the Nadeshko League, but it's it's a, it's a different entity from the J League. So you know, 
we we do have like a close relationship, but it's organized separately. So I can't say you know in detail in data, but you know I think it's growing. And um, the development of uh, of of the Japanese national team, obviously they're tremendously uh, they're regulars at World Cups and regulars in the knockout stages at World Cups. Um, how how important has that sort of gradual growth been? Because maybe. 20 30 years ago japan weren't getting to world cups and they've digressed gradually got better got better got better and now it's it's kind of expected that you'll get out of the groups in the world cup maybe not get to the semi-final or final but you'll get out of the groups how important has that been to the growth of the j league it's very important because we share the vision with the japanese fa you know to achieve the world cup champion so even we as a league, we also are considering how we can develop or how we can uh, develop national team as well. And also, um, it's very important for us to be the best uh, in Asia because our strategy is to be the Premier League in Asia. So the national team performance is very crucial for the league development especially in international market yeah and there's japanese players all over europe um in the premier league as well the likes of southampton and leicester and and good premier league teams are, are they stars back home is that is that seen as a mark of success of the j league presumably a lot of those players started in the j league yes i think so but you know since they play in the european league not in the j league anymore so we have to you know work hard to produce more and more new talent. We never stopped them, you know, moving to Europe, but more like we need to keep producing the good talent. So we put um, very, how to say, we put a lot of effort on the youth development as a league and as a club. When you first started, uh, the initial vision, I think, was there to be a hundred, a hundred professional uh, Japanese clubs. Um, you're currently at fifty-five, I think. So you're kind of halfway there. Are, are you? Are, are you looking to expand the league? Because there, there's J League and there's J League Two. Is there J League Three? Is there a third division? Yeah, yeah. So it, it goes, but does it go regional after that? I have, I have to admit, I, I haven't looked into this. But there's the, so there's J League One, J League Two, and then it's a is, is it a national three. Yes, we okay. have J1, J2, and J3, all the nationwide league at this moment. We're still in the phase expanding more, but we're not sure for the future if we really, you know, need to achieve 100 clubs or not. But what I can say is that we're still, you know, expanding the clubs all over Japan. Your teams have won the AFC Champions League last couple of years. That's obviously your main club competition. Obviously, that's going to be very important to the reputation of, of, of the J-League. Does the J-League help clubs to do well in there by, for example, rearranging fixtures, domestic fixtures, so it helps them? Do they do all they can to make clubs successful in the Champions League? Yes, yes, we do. Um, you know, being the champion of Asia is the very crucial for the J League and also for the J Club. So 
J-League and the JFA FA are working together to help the club to win the competition. So as you say, you know, we um, adjusted the fixtures for the club who compete in the Champions League. And also we give them some financial support or even we give them, we give the club some human resource support to, to achieve the champions in the Champions League. And, and I was reading that in Japan is still, it's, it's a, it's slightly unusual as a country because less than 50% of people say that they're interested in sports, that it's, it's relatively low sort of general interest in sport, not just J League. So does your strategy mean you've got to grow sports fans first before they become football fans and then J League fans? Is that the way it works or is it slightly different? It's very difficult. But yeah, you're right. It's, it's, I, I think the sports fan in Japan is a relatively small because I think there are too much entertainment in Japan. So people not only enjoy about sports, but as an entertainment. So yeah, the important thing for the J-League to approach the casual fans, like younger generation, who are not really following the football sport itself. We still have a huge population in Japan, so maybe we need to find new fans. That's how we work together with the zone, you know, because the OTT platform is a good platform, especially for younger, younger generation. So it's a good opportunity for us to approach new audience. That's very, very interesting, actually, because you look at the way European leagues are trying to approach the problem of young people being more interested in other entertainment, video games, less interested in traditional sport. Well, Mm. you could argue Japan's already got that problem, (laughs) which (laughs) you could say it's a small advantage because you've already got the problem and you've deliberately done something with DAZN to, to change that. Interesting. Where do you see yourself going in the next few years what's what are your challenges and what are your vision since my role is you know developing the uh, international fan base and uh, new business opportunity for the league i think we are quite successful in thailand now because more and more thai players play in the jelly and uh, the awareness and the popularity of the league in Thailand is growing so rapidly. So we would like to expand this model into other countries like Indonesia, Vietnam, which have huge popularity and potential. And uh, by 2022 or 26, there will be more Asian slot for the participation of the World Cup than, you know, you can imagine that uh, more and more people in Southeast Asia will be excited to watch the football. And if there are national talent playing the J League at that time, that would be a great opportunity for the league to you know, market into the Southeast Asia. This may have been before your time working for the league, but the World Cup that was held there, um, 2002, Japan and Korea. Mm-hmm. Did that have a, a lasting positive effect? Uh, in, in what way? In, in terms of growing the sport, because that was, the league was 10 years old 
and um, you know the fact that you, you hosted or co-hosted a World Cup. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a huge boost to uh yes. to, to the sport in a country when it was still trying to find a foothold. Yeah. So so judging from your picture, you you would have been in high school about that time, I would think. But yes, um, yes. Right, but right. Uh, you know, you, you you must have been interested in it. So did it have effects that are still uh, you're gaining the benefit from? Yeah, I think so. Because the because because we had a World Cup uh, at the time, the government established a lot of stadiums, uh, football stadiums there. So that that is the key, one of the key to grow the football in Japan. The the thing is thing is the, um, the most of the stadiums in Japan are still owned by local government. So and uh, we don't really have uh, many football spe- specific stadiums in Japan. So by having kind of big event like World Cup, Olympic, so there may be more opportunity for the government or even for other stakeholder to to um, build up new stadium or facility. That would be a big thing for the league's growth. Part of your job is business development. What um, what type of sponsors are attracted to the J League? Is it certain certain groups of companies, certain industries that are particularly interested? Um, let's say, um, let's say in Thailand, because as I said, the J League and the J League clubs are getting more popular and popular in Thailand. So we have many Japanese brands who is doing the business in Thailand. So we approach those brands, Japanese brands. Why don't you use the, you know, Japanese club or Thai player playing the club to promote your brand in Thailand? So yeah, that that's how it works now. Final question: I read that your national vision for the national team is to win the World Cup by twenty fifty. Is that mm-hmm. is that is, is that right? Is that is that uh, are you on course? Is that your question? <laughs> Do you feel comfortable? <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's set by JFA, Japanese FA, the goal. But you know, since JFA and a, J League is sharing the same vision. So J League's also uh working hard to achieve this goal, you know, winning the World Cup by twenty fifty. Well Kai, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Nice to talk to you. You can find Sports Content Strategy on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Go to sportscontentstrategy.com for more information and to sign up to the newsletter. Richard is at Mr. Richard Clark on all social media. Read his blog at mrrichardclark.com. Mr.